What's up, everybody? William Dyer here with Dyer Conversations. And in today's episode, I'm going to be giving you some tips and tricks on how to study the Bible by taking you through Psalm 132. Okay, so right off the bat, you know, there's certain things in the Bible where you'll turn to a book and you'll realize it's a little bit easier to understand than another. Like, for example, you read the Gospels and you can look at some of the parables that Jesus gave us versus reading something like Ezekiel or Leviticus or the book of Revelation. Now, a lot of times what happens is uh, people read the Psalm, the Psalms and they really don't understand them. They don't get a lot out of them. They just feel like it's kind of some fluffy language. You move on, not much substance there. But it's the furthest thing from the truth. Now, if you are brand new to the Psalms, understand this, that it is Hebrew poetry. I say Hebrew poetry because, well, it was written originally in Hebrew. So whenever you translate from one language to another, you're going to lose just a little bit, all right? You lose some of the idioms, some of the play on words, some of the, just the way the language functions. And so with uh, reading the Psalms, it would be very good to, if you want to kind of really dig into them, to have a good commentary where the person knows Hebrew. Like, you know, you got a scholar who's actually studied the Hebrew, and now he's taking you through the Psalms. And what I'll do is in the um, bottom section of this video, I will put some links to some good commentaries if you have no idea what to look for on that, okay? But in studying the Psalms, understand Hebrew language, Hebrew poetry. So we miss a little bit when we read it in English, but that's okay. It doesn't mean we miss everything, and it doesn't mean that we can't dig for those nuggets of truth. So Psalm 132. Sometimes these Psalms are written by an anonymous author, or we just don't know who it is anymore. And that's okay. It's good to know, in some sense, who wrote because it gives us a context. We can know, oh, hey, David wrote this psalm when he was fleeing from Saul, you know, one of the times when Saul was trying to kill him, or a situation like that. Here in Psalm 132, you know, when we approach this text, any text for that matter, some of the questions we want to ask ourselves is, who wrote it? Who are they writing to? What's the context of the situation? We don't really have that um, per se, because we don't really know who wrote it. Now, what we can glean from the passage is an understanding that it's going to most likely be one of David, King David's descendants, who is in a situation where he is trying to restore worship of Yahweh, of the God of Israel, and he's asking God to help him. So let's get into the passage, and hopefully you'll understand a little bit more of kind of how to study the text and ask yourself the questions you need to ask in order to understand it better. Okay, so we approach the text right here. We read uh, right off the bat, Psalm 132, verse 1. Now, sometimes it's good. Ignore the headings, ignore the... um, you know, little things in your Bible that say, uh, like, for example, the Song of Ascents, um, you know, of David, or, um, you know, whatever heading you have. I don't know what Bible you have, but mine doesn't really have a lot in it, so I can't help you there. But do that sometimes. You just want to get into the biblical text without other people necessarily telling you this is what it's about, because, well, they could be wrong. 
Okay, so Psalm 132 verse 1 says, Remember, O Lord. All right, so we're going to stop right there. He says, Remember, O Lord. And the first thing we can really grasp here is that the psalmist, whoever's writing this psalm, is they're calling out to God, and they're going to be asking Him for something. They're saying, remember, and we're going to get into what he's asking God to remember, but in doing this, you're asking God to remember something because you're going to be asking God to do something, okay? It's like when you tell your friend, hey, hey, remember, you said you'd pick me up after school, or you tell your parents, hey, remember, you said if I cleaned my room, we could go to the movies, so... That's what the psalmist is doing. He says, remember, O Lord, on David's behalf, all his affliction. So the psalmist is asking God to remember something. What he's asking him to remember is David, King David. All right. Now, when we read the first five verses, it's going to be very clear, if you know anything about the Old Testament, what the psalmist is referring back to. But if you don't, that's what I'm here for, and I'm going to tell you. So he says, Remember on David's behalf all his affliction, verse 2, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. And then verse 3 is what he's doing is he's quoting or alluding to, that is, what David swore to the Lord. And so when we read this, okay, when we read this, the psalmist is saying, hey, remember God when David said this? We can look back in the rest of the Old Testament and go, do we have it recorded somewhere else where David did this? And that gives us the context of the psalm. So he says here, surely, uh, talking about what David said, surely I will not enter my house nor lie on my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. So what David says is, look, I'm not going to rest until I can find a place for God. Now, what is the context here? Well, again, if you know anything about the uh, Old Testament it's going to be very clear to you. We go back to 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. And here's what it says. It came about when the king lived in his house, and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all of his enemies, that the king, this is King David, said to Nathan the prophet, See, now I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells with tent curtains. And so here in 2 Samuel chapter 7, what we have is David going, look, I, I got this really nice palace. I am secure from my enemies. We've won a lot of victories. And I got this awesome place to live. And there's the ark of God. And it's in a tent. You know, he, I mean, he's kind of like a little bit humiliated. He's like, why am I a man living in this awesome palace and, you know, the Ark of God, this symbol of God and His power and who He is. I mean, the Ark of the Covenant had the Ten Commandments in it, along with some other Old Testament relics that were very important. It was a very, very important piece of um, 
tabernacle furniture. And David says, why is that in a tent? Why is that camping outside and I'm in this really nice palace? So that's the context for what the psalmist in Psalm 132 is referring back to. All right? And it's important. It's going to come into uh, play here as we understand this psalm. So he asked God, hey, remember, on David's behalf, um, when he swore to you, hey, look, I'm not going to give myself any rest until I can find a place for you to dwell. Now, verse 6 in Psalm 132, it says, Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the field of Jaar. What? See, so stop right there, right? This is what you do when you study the Bible. Right there, we see a little bit of a transition, and we say, what is the it? We heard of it. We found it in a field. What? But see, that's part of what the psalmist does is he he structures a language in this way to get you to stop and go, what is he talking about? Right? He gets your curiosity piqued. Verse 7, let us go into his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness. Let your godly ones sing for joy. For the sake of David, your servant, do not turn away your fa- the face of your anointed. Now, Again, you have to know a little bit about the Old Testament. So here's where um, one of the key things I will tell you in studying your Bible is sometimes just mass feeding yourself. What I mean by that is sometimes you just have to read for the sake of reading, even if you don't understand what's happening. Because here's what's what's going to happen. You're going to stumble across a passage like this in Psalm 132, and you're going to go, hold on a second, that, that sounds very familiar. Those words sound very familiar. And now, luckily, we live in a day and age where we have computers and we can type in here a little word search. Before, we used to have to use a thing called a concordance, made it a little bit harder, a little bit slower. But you could type in the kind of a word search, this thing that uh, goes, hey, man, that sounds a little bit familiar. And you will realize that what the psalmist does here is he quotes a passage from 2 Chronicles chapter 6. So again, we're building the context of what the psalmist is doing. Now in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 41 through 42, that's going to be quoted here in the psalm. The context of 2 Chronicles chapter 6 is Solomon dedicating the temple. Now remember, David is in his palace, and he looks at the ark and goes, that's in a tent. It's in the tabernacle. You know that thing that Moses and the Israelites uh, drug through the wilderness for all those years? And that's where the the ark is now. I want to build it a house. I want to build a temple. And you read 2 Samuel chapter 7, and God says, no, you're not going to do it. It'll be done later. And you continue in the story, and you realize Solomon, David's son, the successor to David's throne, is the one who builds the temple and completes it. And so in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, we get Solomon at the point when the temple was done. Okay? So they've spent all this time, all this money, all this energy in building the temple, 
and now it's done, and they're going to do a, a huge dedication service, okay? And at this dedication service, Solomon says a prayer, and he says, Now therefore rise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your godly ones rejoice in what is good. O Lord, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember your loving kindness to your servant David. It sounds very, very similar to Psalm 132 and what we just read. So here's the context of what, of what we have thus far. The psalmist is calling on God, hey, remember. Remember David, how he wanted to build you a place, you know, a home where the ark would be, your dwelling place would be. And he swore not to rest so that would happen. And remember, Solomon was the one who completed that. And, you know, they had this dedication service. And he asked you to come, right? Bring your presence here. And if you read in Second Chronicles, you'll realize that's exactly what happened. The glory of God came down and dwelled in the temple. And it said the smoke was pouring out so much the priest couldn't even serve. That's what the psalmist is calling on, these major historical events for what he's going to ask of God. And so, verse 11, Psalm 132, he says, The Lord has sworn to David a truth from which he will not turn back. And Here's what God swore to David. Of the fruit of your body I will set upon your throne. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony, which I will teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne forever. So, you go back to 2 Samuel chapter 7, you continue to read in that chapter, and God says, listen, David, you want to build me a house? That's great. You're not going to do it. It's going to be done later, but let me tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to build you a house. It's going to endure forever, and your descendant is going to sit on it, and I will make his throne endure forever. Now, this is taken in the New Testament to refer to Jesus. And when he rose again from the dead, the Bible says that he sat down at the right hand of God and that he now is the successor of David's throne, but he's the one who gets to sit on it forever because, well, he rose from the dead, so he's not going to die again. Therefore, his kingship, his reign is forever. Now, I'll let you study that out in the New Testament for yourselves. For the sake of time, we're going to press on here in Psalm 132. It says in verse 13, for the Lord has chosen Zion. Now you're going to read about Zion a lot in the Old Testament. Zion was kind of like the, the mountain range, if you will, on which um, Jerusalem sat. And so Zion a lot of times is kind of used metaphorically to refer to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was significant because, again, shortcuts for the sake of time, Jerusalem was used metaphorically to refer to the place where the Lord God dwells, because that's where the temple was, that's where the Ark of the Covenant was, and God dwells in Jerusalem. And so Zion's kind of used metaphorically to refer to that. The Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provisions. I will satisfy her need, her needy with bread. Her priest also I will clothe with salvation, and her godly ones will sing aloud for joy. Now, here's, here's what's important, verse 17 through 18. There I will cause the horn of David to spring forth. Where is there? Zion, the place where God dwells. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed. 
His enemies I will close with shame, but upon himself his crown shall shine. Now, I kind of gave you a little bit of a hint as far as the answer to this, but he says in verse 17, I will cause the horn of David to spring forth. Now, again, this is something you can study out on your own, but the concept of horn in the Old Testament is one of power or might. So, for example, Psalm 75, verse 4 through 5 says, I have said to the boastful, do not boast, and to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with insolent pride. So the psalmist there says, hey, listen, don't be, don't be trying to flex your muscles and your pride. Don't do that. And you also look at the way the horn, uh, the concept of horn is used in the book of Daniel, referring to a mighty power or a mighty ruler. So psalmist says here that well, God, he's basically saying this is what God is saying. This is what God is promising. I will cause the power, the the ruler of David, okay, this one that was promised back in 2 Samuel 7, this descendant who's going to sit on the throne of David forever, I will cause him to spring forth, and I have prepared a lamp for him. His enemies I will clothe with shame, but upon himself his crown shall shine. Now this is, listen, Talk about not getting a lot out of the Psalms. This Psalm right here is all referring to the Messiah. Yeah, the psalmist is originally in his context and whatever he has going on and trying to restore the worship of the God of Israel. And he's saying, hey, look, you remember David and the promises that you gave to him because he wanted to to find a place for you to dwell. And you remember Solomon dedicating the temple and your, your glory came down. Hey, do that again, God. You know, do that for Israel. So I'm trying to bring Israel back to the glory days. I'm trying to um, make your name famous. That's what the psalmist is saying. But God takes it a step further. And says, yeah, I'll do that, but I'm going to ultimately do it when the Messiah comes. And again, you study out in the New Testament, and what you're going to realize is that the New Testament authors take this concept of the Messiah sitting on the throne of David, and they apply it to when Jesus rose from the dead and say that he sat down now as king and will continue to reign until he comes back. And that's the beautiful illusion here of the Psalms. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thanks for joining me again. If you stuck this way uh, all the way through, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and like this video if it helped you out. Share it with a friend if you think they can uh, benefit from it as well. Until next time, keep studying, keep asking questions. If you have any questions for me, feel free to leave them in the comments below. I will respond to you. And until next time, I'll see you guys later.